Welcome to Everything Renewed Podcast. This is Wes Morgan. Listen, everyday people operate under habits and mindsets that prevents growth. This podcast is here to address those habits and mindsets and dismantle negative stigmas. We truly believe that if you start with the mind, everything can be renewed. Let's go. It's another day for your mind to be renewed. My name is Wes Morgan, and thank you again for joining me in another episode on the power of stories. I have a very special guest with me today who I will allow them to introduce themselves in a minute. Uh, I just want to say to the listening audience, thank you for as I always say, rocking with me. Um, I took a few weeks off from recording just for personal reasons to give um, myself some time to rest. I, as a therapist, I take on a lot um, and a lot of responsibilities outside of my work and even as a business owner. And I had to take my own advice. There's a lot of things that are uh, taking place in this world. And really when things take place locally and nationally, uh, I am affected big time. Uh, some people will say I'm considered to be on the front line. So I needed to take a step back and make sure I'm taking care of my mental health and not trying to record when I know I was not in the right headspace. So I, I appreciate you all, but we are back. We only have a couple more episodes for season two, and I'm going for season three. I'll just give you a little snippet. We're going to be focusing on mental health, so I'm going to be calling a lot of my friends uh, to talk to us about different diagnoses and things of that nature. But today, I have a very special guest with me. Uh, I call him my son. His name is Joe uh, Joe Stump, but I typically introduce people. But today I decided why not allow Joe to introduce himself. Joe, first of all, welcome to the podcast, man. Hey, man. Thanks, Wes. I appreciate you, man. Um, you know, I've no, uh, first off, you guys, my name is uh, Joe. Um, I also go by my name where on the social media is under Fit Joe Co. So, um, but um, again, Wes, thank you for having me on the sh- on the show. I've known you, I think I've known you for almost twenty years now. You know, yeah, um, back yeah. when we were, uh, you know, just one of them kids and one of them in bo- the boys' homes. Yeah. So, so how old know. how old were you? Because I was in what I was fresh in college. Uh, I want to say fresh in college, and you were. I don't know. Were you? I was about 13, 14 years old. Wow. Yeah. It's been a moment. And you were in a boy's home. And we'll get into that. Um, Joe, I asked all my guests. um, This is off the cuff. I didn't prepare you for this. Um, What is something that you would like to see change right now? Well, now for for myself or for what the world? For you. The world, it don't matter. However, you so want to take for it. myself, um, my goal is to always to be there for people. Like I have, like right now, I'm going back to school to become a personal trainer. Um, my goal is to help people to become the best version of themselves and let them understand if you don't take care of your body. What are some of the symptoms or things that you can cause to your body or to your health in general over the time? So my whole goal is for that is to show people this is what you can do to better your health. If that has to become with exercising 
or it comes to eating, um, sleeping, even your mental status. Cause you know, everybody thinks that when you're working out, you're only working out physically for, to see a definition in your body or a change in your body. When in reality, it's not just physical fitness, but it's also mental fitness. Mm. There's also, so that's one of those things that I want people to see that. And I want to help them to become the best version of themselves, not physically, but also based off what they eat and also based off their mental status. Mm. Now for the, for the world wise, I mean, I guess I can put both of those in together is because I myself am bettering my, my health, my mental status. Um, I talk to someone when I need to talk to them and I'm out there being very fit. And so for myself is I just want to keep progressing in my fitness I'm trying to be making sure that I told myself that I will be a person that everybody knows about my workouts. Everybody knows about my fitness, that they're reaching out to me um, to be their personal trainer. So that is my whole goal is because I want to help everybody else to be to get meet their goals. And it doesn't have to be just physical fitness. Mm -hmm. I mean, it could be your education. It could be Oh, what did you do when you bought your house? Or what did you do when you bought your car or try to ease your, to get your credit better? It's all about one thing, but I just, my whole thing is to help everybody else who has helped, who has all, because I learned that help from the people who helped me become mm -hmm. who I am today. Yeah. And that, that, that's good because it really defines really who you are. Um, when I first met you, um, a little background, um, Joe, uh, I was working for uh, a place called Wedgwood Christian Services. And at this time, this is a place where they house kids, take care of kids from all different backgrounds. And we were encouraged as staff members to uh, read people files and get to know the kids via paper. Uh, some of you know, I'm a rule breaker and my father, um, he worked for uh, Oakland County for so many years, and I just remember hearing stories and even getting to meet kids that I see on the news um, on the east side of the state in the Detroit area and things of that nature um, and out of Oakland County, and these kids are getting themselves in trouble, and I can recall on Christmas, Thanksgiving, um, Halloween, all these things, and even on birthdays, my dad is making food. Um, frying turkeys, having my mom make cakes, and he's taking them up to these kids who society will say they deserve absolutely nothing. And so I, even though I was encouraged uh, as a staff member to read these records and to learn how to engage with the kids that we were to meet, um, for some odd reason, I never could do that. Um, it would take me a very long time to read someone's file because I wanted to get to know the person, not based upon not based upon somebody else's perspective of them, but I wanted to build a relationship. So I meet Joe. I meet Joe. I come into Wedgwood and Joe, um, actually what you just heard is really um, what I saw in him. And we developed a very uh, close friendship and that's over, God knows, over 20 years ago, easily, um, probably 20 plus years. And I have been with him uh, ever since then, I, I, I joke around and calling my son, um, 
and things like that. So we, we've been together for a very long time, but Joe is a very uh, kind-hearted person and always wanted to help people. So today, our, our focus, our talk, I want us to focus on Joe, Joe's story because Joe have a very powerful story um, that really um, deals with a lot of trauma, a lot of uh, issues. And I wanted people to hear a little bit of his story. Uh, so Joe, outside of how I met you, take us back, man, to uh, wherever you want to start it from. But, um, you know, we, we're calling this podcast uh, From Hell to Life because you really dealt with a lot of hell. I personally seen it myself. Uh, I read about it years later. I didn't, I chose not to read about it um, at the start. I, I built a personal relationship with you, which speaks volumes to why we're still connected to this day. But start telling a little bit of your story about some of the hell you start, um, that you experienced. So um, what a lot of people uh, I have spoken about is, my life as a child where I was physically, mentally, emotionally, sexually, verbally abused for so many years of my life. And it started probably about the age of two years old by my stepfather. Um, he was very abusive. And, you know, I tell people I cannot remember every single detail of everything that has happened as a child. My memory does not work like it. It's not like I know people have heard the book called A Child, but called it a boy named, you know, a man named Dave. Help yourself by the guy who owned the book is David Peltzer. Like, I don't have a memory like that where he can remember all those things. But my life, if you look at it, it's kind of like. Dave Pelter's life, but two different scenarios, two different situations. Um, I ended up in, you know, in the foster care system after, you know, abuse physically and sexually abused by my stepfather and ended up in the foster care system at a very young age, um, about six years old. And um, I was placed into a couple different foster families for a little bit. None of them worked out. So they did place me into one of the the foster care homes. I'm not going to put out their name um, just for their protection, but um, this family was where life really became hell, basically. Um, I was, you know, physically, emotionally, mentally, every type of abuse. I was dealing with it at such a very young age. Um, you know, I, I had to go to schools lying about why do I have marks on my body? Um, because I always afraid that, you know, this family has threatened, threatened my life where I thought they were going to bury me in the backyard if I spoke about uh, what was going on inside of the house. Not only was I being abused, but there was times I starved where I didn't have enough food. And um, and I'm just being very kind of broad right now, but, but I can get into a couple details with some of my stories. But um, I was a kid that always was starved. So what do kids do when we starve? We find other ways to get food. And that sometimes has to be stealing. Well, I don't think it's stealing. 
at that time, I don't think it's stealing. I actually, to, even today, I don't think of it as stealing. I think about it as survival. I'm a kid who's barely eating. I'm hungry. How else am I, what else do I know, but to go get food because I know that food is going to re refuel my body. So I would steal food from them. I went to schools and when the teacher left the office, I go into their wallets. I steal a few dollar bills. I go to the lunch lunchroom and I go buy those, um, buy snacks with that money. But, um, but let me go back a little bit to, you know, entering the, this foster family. So I lived with that family for nearly about, I want to say seven, eight years of, of it. Um, one in, here's one in, incident um, I can remember is um, I was laying on the floor because, again, I didn't get to sleep in a bed that many times. I mostly slept on the floor with no blanket. So as a kid, it was just a hardwood floor. And when you're talking about a house that's from the maybe 1920s, 1930s, <laughs> We all know that carpet, what's underneath that carpet is not very comfortable. <laughs> yeah. um, so I always slept on the floor. And I remember telling the foster dad at the time that the dog, there was a dog downstairs in the basement. He told me, no, it's not. Go back to sleep. I could hear the dog howl howling. The dog didn't, you know... Here again, a few minutes later, five minutes later, I let him know again. And then he comes over and kicks, takes his foot and kicks me in the head. Now, this is me. Imagine I am like seven years old. I probably weigh what, maybe 45, 50 pounds. You have a man. I don't know how tall he would be because this was back when I was younger. So I was tiny, smaller. I would, I would suggest he was probably about five, seven, five, eight, maybe, but we're talking about 230, 240 pounds. So imagine getting a kick, you know, his foot kicked right into the, into your face. And then he walks downstairs and finds out the dog, the dog got into some chemicals that it wasn't supposed to get into. The dog's stomach started blowing up. Well, the detail is he made me, um, I had to basically made me kill the dog and told everybody that uh, I did it, but he forced me to do it. And then that whole entire, the whole entire time, his wife and the two, uh, the other two kids that were actually adopted by them. Um, I was, I had to stand up in the corner every single time that they walked past me, my body slammed into the wall or the corner and things. I would never know if a belt was going to come across my back or a shoe or whatever they would use because this it, it did not matter with this family what item they used to uh, commit harm or to commit uh, abuse to me. Um, and I know a lot of, we talk about this day in, in life about children's being getting a spanking. Now there's a difference between, being physically abused and getting a spanking for something that they did a spanking is not something that we are we are overdoing it like 
couple smacks and they know what they did wrong. Physical abuse punishment was me getting to, uh, literally beaten for 10, 15, 20 minutes at a time. And that would be whatever they wanted to use. So it could be a pots and pans. It could have been a fly swatter or the wooden spoon or a, or a pipe, whatever they had their hands on. That's what they would use. Um, it was another time where I stole something and what the family would do is they would tie my hands up because they found out it was me stealing after they punched me around, hit me in my face. Like I had marks all over my face. This one actually my nose broke because they took a, a broom and smashed me right across the face where it broke my nose. And I had two black eyes. Um, that, that was the day where they were at night where every single time before I go to bed, I was, I was hogtied like a pig. So what I mean by that is basically my, my hands were behind my back. I, they put socks on my hands and they would take two, they would take three stay ties um, and have my arms like I'm getting arrested, but behind my back for me to sleep. Um, they would also do that to my feet where my feet were also stay tied, had a socks on them and stay tied. Um, one day I wake up. The stepfather is up and he puts a hook into the ceiling and he takes the hook and puts my hands that are already tied up with the stay ties and he puts my hands up there and I'm standing with my hands up and my feet barely dang my feet barely touching the ground while he while he comes around and punches me in my chest or my back or my rib cage, um, whenever he felt like it. Um, and that was the time that same night where, when he let me off, he, um, took another stay tied and made sure that my hands and feet were tied together. So I was not able to stretch my feet whatsoever. And that's how I slept most of my nights were all the time where my feet were always, my hands and feet were tied. At mornings, when I wake up in the morning, my hands were so swollen because what a lot of people don't realize is stay ties. When you start moving, stay ties start getting tighter and tighter and tighter every time you move. And my stay ties got so tight one time where I woke up and my hands were swollen. Like I was a person who was very obese and that's what my feet look like they were like swollen like I broke them um and then they go down but I mean it was I, and I could go on with sto so many different stories about this family and how they abused me and I wasn't the only one that they abused there's one other child but the stories can be, go on for so much where um you know, I never learned how to until um, I never learned how to take a bath because I wasn't allowed to take a bath. I washed up with diaper wipes. That's what I was used to was wearing diaper is getting washed up with diaper wipes. I was not I never allowed to take a bath. Um, when it comes to food, mostly the same thing that we would eat every single day would be a bowl of Cheerios with 
a little bit of bowl of Cheerios. Lunch could lunch maybe be one sandwich with peanut butter and a peanut butter and butter sandwich, or it might be like just a bologna, a bologna sandwich. Dinner would be whatever they fed and stuff like that. But I was never, you're never allowed to get seconds. I wasn't allowed to get seconds. Um, you know, I, I never celebrate, I was never allowed to celebrate any type of holidays. Um, when I would get a gift, my gift would have been like a matchbox car. Hmm. And that's what my Christmas gift would have been. I don't get anything else. Never celebrated my birthdays and things like that. And, but you know, this, um, I dealt with that type of pain and torture with, from that family for so many years, eight years. And, um, I mean, again, I can go on and on and on about so many different stories about what they have done, but what I mean, do you I, think, what, what would you think? And, and I can, it, it's crazy because, because I can kind of hear uh listeners right like oh my god like how how in the world did did you survive and honestly now you um the listeners can possibly understand why we're calling this episode from hell to life because you have experienced so much in a short period of time of your life and as a kid and sometimes we don't know um if you don't mind i'm going to fast forward um because there was one thing and i don't even know if you remember this um but this was not even at your time you this was after uh you know the boys home you have uh possibly graduated and we can go back uh, a little bit but this one particular um event took place at my house uh, you used to go to church with me sometimes and you would call me and I'll come pick you up. But I remember this one particular time I came and picked you up and we went to church, whatever. And I had um, my my boy son was uh, with us this day and y'all was over the house and we had dinner and stuff like that. And you were playing with uh, my boy son. And I think at the time he might have been maybe and eh, I'll give it I'll say maybe 12 12 13 you I believe was 17 or 18 one of the one of the two and I will never I will never forget the story y'all was wrestling around y'all was having a good time you you guys wasn't doing nothing wrong you just being typical boys but you were just like I was kind of surprised how you were being like you were you had like a mentality of a child it just I could tell you were just completely lost but then I I, I looked to you and I was like, Joe, dude, what are y'all doing? I'm like, grow up. And your response shook me. And you said, I'm just playing because I never had an opportunity to play with someone like this. And I remember I felt so stupid because I knew your story, but you were so lost and having fun with with Myson, right? That was his name. You you and Myson was playing around, and I was just like, Joe, grow up, man. Like you know, all right, enough. But y'all y'all was having so much fun, and you was like, I never had this before, and I was like, I couldn't even respond to you. I was I felt so bad because I again knowing your story, knowing where you came from, I think I really. Even my position in telling you to grow up or mature, 
I, I honestly can resemble what a lot of people, maybe coworkers, even family might say to someone like yourself who has been abused, who has been traumatized, and we will look you in the face because 17, 18, you were doing, you were, you were just starting to get on your feet a little bit. You were starting to get on your own and we was helping you out, all of this stuff. And so it might appear you were doing good, but mentally you were not at the right place, right? And so I can only imagine like what you were going through through these stages from a mental perspective of like development, right? You were 17, 18, but really developmentally, even in that moment when you were playing with Myson, you were like an eight or nine year old kid. And I and it just blew my mind. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. I remember that now. I remember that name very well when you once you said that name. Yeah, and it was crazy. But so you you go through all these experiences. And so by the time you come to Wedgwood, describe your experience at Wedgwood. What was Wedgwood like for you? So So before Wedgwood, I actually ran away from that family. Well, I was going to get adopted and I was, I moved away from that family for a while with this adoptive family that was supposed to adopt me. It didn't work out so much. I got in trouble at that family's house, but the reason why I got in trouble is because I never had a family to love me and to buy me all of these things that they were buying me. So I was never used to it. So I didn't even understand what love is, nor did I understand what they were, why they were doing all of this things to me. And they were nice to me when I was never used to that type of lifestyle and sleeping in a nice bed, learning how to take a bath, a shower. Mm-hmm. It was a whole different type of lifestyle for me that I'm like, I need to learn how to do this. It didn't work out. I went to a boys. I went to a, um, it was called Eagle village assessment center back then. Um, and then I went back to the adoptive family. It did not work out. So where do I go again? Back to the family that abused me after I was told that they were not going to do that. They started abusing me again. I don't know where I got the strength and the courage to defend myself once they started doing things. But the last day of me there, I shoved the woman down the stairs mm. and I ran away. I ran away. I come, the police officer saws me. He brings me back to that family. Same three days later, I threatened the, 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 my foster dad and told him if you ever put your hands on me, they would never wake up again. Mm. And I ran away. The police officer, the same police officer saw me again. He says, you're going to jail. And I literally told the police officer, I will, you can keep me in there and forever. Those, that was my words to him. You can keep me in there forever. Me, on the other hand, I don't know what jail is. And I'm only like 13 years old. So I'm like, I'm really going to jail. I was not scared. I was like, I'll go to jail. Mm. Here comes the adopted mother, the foster mother, not adopted mother, the foster mother comes out. I'm like, yeah, we don't ever want him back. Um, I go to the jail. The officer's like, why do you want to stay in jail? All I tell him is like, all that I can tell you is I never want to go back to that home again. And he's like, 
but you're not going to jail. They put me in another home. I stayed in there. I was only there for two weeks before they put me back at Eagle Village Assessment Center, stayed there for a little bit. Went back to that a family that I said I really liked. I got in trouble again. So I went back to the Eagle Village Assessment Center and I was there for 13 months. Went from there. That is when I came to Wedgwood Christian Services. And so for me, Wedgwood Christian Services, I can still remember that hallway. Yep. The L-shaped hallway with the office at the end. And okay. when you walk into the door is right there's the kitchen. And you know what was also right there by the kitchen? My room. Yep. Um, so what to be honest, one of the first staff members that I actually saw, and he, you know, a lot of people know Mike King, and he yep. is a does all this type of stuff too. He's a very great guy. He was the first person I met at Eagle Village, and I was nervous. Because he was just a tall dude. And I'm like, oh. Musclehead Mike. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But most of the people, staff members at Eagle Village were people in their 20s. Yeah. Um, but it to me, it was a really, even Eagle Village Assessment Center, it was a really great experience. Hmm. Um, not only did I make friends, but the staff members alone treated everybody well most treated mostly everybody fairly um but i didn't have to be scared that i'm going to be abused or hurt now yes i know that i had such a so so much bad anger issues and stuff like that that i wasn't able to control and i would always get restrained you know two to three grown dudes taking a small guy down <laughs> um but it really helped me to develop in a way where it's like oh people do there are people who actually do care for you that are mm -hmm. not going to that are i'm not going to be afraid that i'm going to be harmed by them or abused by them or things like that only people i didn't worry more about was the kids themselves yeah just because of different backgrounds and where these some of the some of these kids that I were I was with and where they where they come from. So the experience, I mean, it was great. I mean, we celebrated Christmas, we celebrated birthdays, we all ate, we still had good food, uh, we went on trips, we still did things. So it wasn't like we were like locked up. We were locked up into that area that we were mm -hmm. uh, supposed to be at, but we still did things. It's not like we were in straight up in we were in straight up jail and you know we can't do nothing. No, we actually did things. We were able to work our rooms. We earn um we earn money for you know because of our chores and and uh you know play basketball, learn how to play basketball, learn how to do different things just based off of there with different backgrounds of everybody that had different backgrounds. Yeah. And and, and another another thing too is like really understanding like how I guess you could say how you how many setbacks you had right and I'm not just focusing this on setbacks and like the trauma that you were experiencing but I, I want our listening audience to understand like the depth of this because this is like yeah you're, you're talking about it a little bit and you know it's only so much we could cover in one segment but um 
like the amount of trauma that you experience in, in another episode, one of my buddies explained that trauma, uh, your brain is like a recorder, right? And so your brain records all of these different traumatic experiences and how you feel, like you think of your five senses and stuff like that. And then moving uh, on in your life as you get older, you know, relationships change or you might have a problem connecting with people. You might have a problem trusting people. And that's for me, that's why I could never really read those records because I needed to find out who you were right? And I wanted you to tell me who you were versus what someone else has said about you and your whole long story. I, I could get your story from, from you. And so, Joe, moving kind of, I'm not trying to rush this, but what would you say to someone who's maybe listening and they identify with everything you have said so far, right? And so, in other words, you might be talking to a wife and or a husband. You might be talking to a teenager who may be listening to this. And I wanted you to talk so freely here because right now it's a lot of people suffering. It's a lot of people suffering and they don't know what to do. What would you say to those individuals? Um, number one, um, we everybody deals with trauma differently. And mm-hmm. we... But one of the things that we all can do from our traumas is I don't think for number one, I don't think my trauma is worse than anybody else's trauma because we all deal different things differently. Mm-hmm. Now, our traumas are going to be different based on of the, the events that took place. But I will never sit here and say that my trauma is worse than yours because our minds and brains are different and how our bodies feel. It's totally different. So. One of the things that I say it, about people who have, regardless if you're a married couple or you're single or um, you, your past, regardless, your past is your past. It truly is. You cannot change anything that happened in your past. But what you can change is what you are doing right now in your present to change your future or to better your future. So one of the things is I know it's so hard and difficult for people to get over their past based on how long it was, what did you, what happened during the time, but you cannot live your life with the excuse of your past because you cannot change it. It's just not going to change, period. The only thing you can do is worry about the now and focus for tomorrow because yesterday no longer matters. Five minutes ago that just happened is not going to matter anymore. You have to keep on moving on with your life. If not, you are going to be stuck in the same position you were in last year, yesterday, last week, because you didn't take the foot to move forward. But what, what, what would you say, though, for those individuals? I have heard this. I hear it in my office a lot where I tried that. Right. So, for example, I may have a fear of developing relationships or I have failed relationships because I'm afraid to fully trust myself. Right. It took you a long time to get adjusted to me. Right. And if you can recall, you probably remember I never had to do a takedown with you very 
Why? Because me and you had a rapport. I can talk to you. I can yell at you. I can look you in the face and you will respond. And so it didn't require me to have to, you know, do a takedown for you. And I actually, you know, really got in trouble for that because they were saying, uh, you don't have any takedowns on your records. And I was like, I don't need them. I have my mouth. My mouth works just fine. And you guys saw that I trusted you and y'all trusted me. And so we built um, built very great friendships. But for that person who says like, yeah, but this is very triggering for me, right? Because of my trauma, I can't just move on from my past. What, what do we say to that individual? So I still have triggers. There are certain things that that can trigger me. Like someone yelling um, can trigger me. Um, someone acting abruptly, rudely, or I don't even know if that was a correct <laughs> um, I get But someone acting rudely or disrespectful, being disrespectful. Um, yes, it takes, uh, it's hard to deal with it, but you have to find the strength inside of you to learn how to cope with it and deal with it. And if that is to that you need to talk someone to someone, then talk to someone. Stop holding it in. Because most of the time, definitely men ourselves, we don't, we feel weak when we go ask for help. So what do we do? We just ball it all in until we burst. And then we just took up, took whatever we were dealing with throughout all this time and just destroyed someone else because. You, you just ruined your friendship or you just ruined uh, your uh, being with your family because of the way that you are. So right. as men, we still have, we need to talk about our problems, not hold our problems in and think that we're feeling weak. No, actually you're weak when you're holding it in. You're stronger when you release it, when you mm. speak about it. So find yourself that friend that you can talk to, someone that you trust. Mm. Talk to a pastor that, you know, pastors will always listen to someone, regardless who they are. They don't care if you're a homeless person. They don't care about you. They will listen to you for your mental health. Um, seek a counselor. Find you a counselor. And I know I've been through counseling a lot, and I'm very picky with my counselors because I just have my my reasonings why I am very picky with them. So find you a, a counselor who is that you really like, that you can talk to and you can open up to. And what's going to take you is being as the strong person. Like if you're nervous about this, because I, again, I can, I have a hard time trusting people at times, um, but you can still go out, talk to people. It's not like I'm asking you to, Hey, bring them to your house and say, Hey, let's have a party or you got to go do this. No, just, start gradually talking to people. Like for me, um, I, like I'm pretty big on social media. One of my biggest things is I used to be a person because of my past, a person who always was like, cared what other people said about thing who people that always said things about me, talk back down on me. Mm-hmm. And I got to the point where, you know what? I'm going to have haters regardless. Haters will keep helping me is what they're doing. They're building me is what they're doing. So if you have that problem where you just, you say that you tried, but did you try? Did you really, really try deep down? Did you try? 
because I know that anybody could do better for themselves if they put their mindsets through. It took me a very long time. I still struggle, but I learned how to cope with a lot of my things. Find something that you like to do. Take yourself, for instance, I go to the mountains every single um, weekend and I go to my spot and there's nobody around and I go out there and I yell, I cry, I complain to nature. Mm -hmm. And I just listen to nature. I breathe in the fresh air. I listen to what's, what's going on out there. I'm at, I feel like I'm on top of the world. And I just release everything that I just need to let go. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's me at peace. So if you find something that will, can help you with peace, and you can work on those things that you need to work on, you, you can do it. Everybody can do it. It's either, are you going to make an excuse for yourself or are you going to make results? Yeah. And it seems like, it seems like, um, it seems like, uh, like your trauma has given you life, right. And you have been able to turn your trauma into, you know, really a lot of victories in your life. So, um, as we wrap this up, um, I want you to share a little bit about what you're doing now. Um, what have you been getting yourself into? So you turned all of that pain. And like you said, you got your own, you got your own, um, workouts, you're doing stuff, you're on social media. You, what, so what else are you doing, um, right now? So yes, um, Wes, um, so right now you know, living in Colorado, I own my own house. Um, you know, one of the things that people don't realize is I chose not to be a statistic. And mm. that is one of the, my biggest things is, and because most people who've been in the foster care system or who have gone through things like me, they become a statistic because they don't know what to do and mm. they get lost. I chose not to be a statistic. I chose to get better myself. So I've, I've been in the military for nearly nine, 10 years, um, served, at, you know, I'm a staff sergeant. So I've been in there um, getting out here soon, right? I'm currently in college right now to receive all my certifications to become one of the best um, personal trainers that I can be so I can help other people. Um, I have three amazing dogs. Um and, you know, I just, I do a lot of videos on my social media. So I have a good following on my TikToks and my Instagram. You know, I don't, even with all my problems, I will still, you know, laugh, joke around, enjoy my life. You know, I do funny TikToks. You know, I do inspirational TikToks. I do, um... You know, I help, I try to help build other people's platforms too, by posting their names and showing their videos and telling people to follow them. I do workout videos. I do a lot of different videos because when, for me, I want to show people I am, I can be every single person here, person who likes to be funny, a person who likes to do fun things, a person who likes to just be me and work out and enjoy life. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's been me is I've been focusing on how to keep bettering my, my life. And right now I'm working on with a company to own my own hats so I can sell my own hats. 
uh, you know, uh, just another thing that I want to keep building myself so I can be a better. One of my biggest influencers right now is actually my brother, my brother, who's, you know, he, he does very well for himself and he gives me ideas and I am following his ideas because he, I look up to him and see how, how happy and well off he is. And I want to be just like him. I might not be well off, but I want to be happy, have the things that I want and be in love, love life, even though I love life right now. But yeah. and just saying, everybody wishes that they want a little bit more, but you can have those things. You just got to earn them and work for them. Yeah, I, I think, Joe, and I have shared um, this with you privately. I think most of what you're doing right now, uh, you are well off. You have the mental piece that um people have tried to rob you of you have life uh like you said here you are serving in the military it takes a very brave soul to sign up and to serve in the military uh to be owning their own home you raising your dogs and and traveling around the country and, and really starting to set a foundation for yourself um, so you, you, you are living a huge life, um, and you are making an impact and for you to be able to have this desire to turn around and try to give it to someone else. I will say to you, you're doing a very good job. And that's always, uh, you know, me and you joke as your dad, you know, I I'm, I'm very proud of you, son, uh, and, and, and what you do. And because you, you could be, your story can be written a little different, but you took, your hell and turned it into life and you give God credit for that and you put things into place to where you're trying to you're trying to take what was once worse and make it uh the best and I'm saying to you I know um you're doing a very good job and you are going to impact people's lives and you are already currently doing that because we talk offline and we see certain things happening and I know even a listening audience you know you might want to connect with Joe and we have all of his social media handles posted in our uh, show notes and you have the opportunity to reach out uh with him he's not too big where you cannot uh reach out and talk with him because some of you may want to talk a few things through uh with him and I'm I I already know how he is. He'll be more than uh, willing uh, to listen and just, you know, kind of um, build that conversation with you. But Joe, as always, man, it's always a pleasure. Um, we we got to wrap it up. I could talk to you for probably another two more hours, but I know our listening audience would be like, well, we got, I got to pause and come back to this, but uh, I'll definitely have you back on uh, the podcast, but I, I appreciate your time and really sharing um sharing your story because it's powerful every time i hear it i hear something different um and so i i I wish you the best as always and thank you uh for taking time out and for our listening audience again thank you for joining us on another episode on the power of stories until next time um you all take care and god bless Hey, thanks for listening to the Everything Renewed podcast. I hope you heard something that was helpful and that you can relate to. Do me a favor, like, share, and subscribe to the show. Remember, start with the mind and everything can be renewed. Until next time, stay fresh, stay cool, and stay renewed.